Matthew braced himself against the wall and bent his knees. He took my into his and shifted his weight until I was My hands automatically went to his shoulders and I stared down into his face. I've got you, he said breathily. I've got you. And with that, I over the I love this. I love. Thank you. <laughs> it's the most convoluted nonsense I've written in a while. No, I love it. It's naughty. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you say naughty. Wow, that was real southern. I I am so emotionally drained. I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't code switch. I can't. I mean, you said there was no I in that high. You said have what? <laughs> that was the flattest, most beautiful southern thing I've heard. Hi, Nicole. Um, <laughs> like I heard it and I was like, I can't bring it back. I can't. Let's just <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Well, you've already given me a tiny hint into your state of mind this week. But um, how are you, Nicole? <laughs> I'm telling you, I am holding on by duct tape and wishes. <laughs> wow, you are such a poet. I am holding on by duct tape and wishes. That's the name of your next collection, I hope you know. Um, yes, I hear you. I fully hear you. I feel as though this year has been incredibly... Uh, quick to go by but also ponderously slow and that inability to understand time has been the hallmark of the whole of 2020 because I'm just like (laughs) was it only March like however many months ago or was it in fact 10 years ago I don't know anymore I don't know listen I was looking through pictures on my phone you know trying to purge and I came across us at Sundance which was (gasps) January (laughs) that was this year man that was this year and we interviewed Blair Underwood in February and then did we yes I mean wasn't that six weeks that wasn't wait that was like 500 years ago I think I was a child when we did that interview what the hell (sighs) this time Blair Underwood was this year oh my gosh yeah wow do you you remember the outside and live shows and audience (laughs) interaction wow wow do you remember our real studio (laughs) oh my god it was a whisper of a dream at one point there was a studio i feel as though we're at the beginning of i feel like we're at the beginning of avatar the last airbender like we've been in a bubble under the water for a hundred (laughs) years and now we have emerged a 12 year old boy who can airbend and it's kind of like all right now go out there and thirst and it's like fam i (laughs) what's that line from the wire the game the game ain't in me no more i don't i don't understand anything anymore but we turn up and luckily we have each other and we have our thirst buckets so i am very excited that at least we are able to bring pockets of joy and some sense of time shout out to every thursday a new episode that's been like the hallmark of like setting my week i'm like okay so it's thursday all right Yes. Now I know what day it is because I can tell by the interaction on Twitter that a new episode is out. So it must be Thursday. Um, (laughs) We have a lovely episode uh, planned this week, don't we? Yes, we do. This is another thirst object that we've been thinking about for a very long time. And finally, (sighs) we were like, look, 
it's now or never. We gotta get this. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> the motto of 2020 is now or never. And more often than not, it's never fun. So <laughs> let's do it now. Jeez. Oh my gosh. We are talking about Matthew Reese. Yes. Welsh pocket rocket. Um, my little Welsh dragon, she said offensively. Um, <laughs> I just, I love Matthew Reese so much. I am late to him. Like, I didn't realize mm. who, you know, I just discovered him when I was watching The Americans. Um, and I watched right, The right, Americans, right. you know, during its first run. Um, so I was there from the pilot. Oh, my God. <laughs> That mm, we'll get into that a little bit later, but <laughs> oh, we will. Oh, we will. Wow. Yes, Matthew Reese. Um, you know, we wanted him on the show, but that didn't work out. But it's all good. It's, it's all, good. all. I mean, it's not all good, but you know, I can't cry about it because what good will that do me? But yes, it would have been a dream to actually be talking about Matthew Reese to Matthew Reese. I think but... he would have been. In the same way that, you know, Jason Manzoukas and, um, you know, Wilson Bethel, in the same way that they were kind of giving us a little charm just to yes. make it through, I think he would have been just as charming, uh, if not more. <laughs> I believe it. I fully <laughs> believe it. Because here's the thing. Matthew Reese is Welsh, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to toot my horn a little bit too loudly, Nicole, but I don't know if you know this, but I'm British. Oh, is that what that accent is? That's what it is. Okay. So my feeling is we would have joined together in our historic hatred for the English and come together <laughs> in a bonding exercise that would have made for really special podcast uh, material. But it's neither here nor there. Matthew, regardless, if you want to meet up so we can talk trash about the English, come on the show at some point. Like, don't worry. The door is always open. Always open. Like, um, let's see you on the road. Let's yes. do a live show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nicole, I'm very excited to get into Matthew Reese. Um, and I think everyone should get a glass of something warm or cold, depending on where you are. Right. And uh, let's get into it. So, Nicole, you said at the beginning that Matthew was a sort of uh, newer revelation following the Americans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the Americans was on telly, what, 2014? Is that when it started? I think so. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a period in your life where you hadn't known Matthew Reese and then the Americans brought him to your attention. Exactly. Yes. What was it in the Americans that caught your eye beyond the obvious? He played this character named Philip Jennings, who, um, you know, was a Russian spy because uh -huh. the show took place in the 80s um, during the Cold War and all that wonderful stuff. Um, <laughs> and what like, OK, so I'm watching the first episode of the Americans. Everything's, you know, going along. And Philip and his daughter, Paige, have gone to the yes. mall. And a man is creeping Oof. up on Paige. He's being really inappropriate. Uh, yep. He has uh, a teenage girl with him or someone who looks very young with him. And Philip sees this, obviously, and he tries to do what he can, you know, like whatever. But he is also trying to maintain his cover as a, 
you know, just a regular old American guy. Right. Like a suburban dad just taking his kid out to the mall on a weekend. Yes. But then he gets this look on his face when he sees this man and you could tell that he wants to kill him. Yes. And I was like, oh, who is this? Listen, that look of barely banked passion. People don't know that shit is a key. And the lock, well, it's in me. <laughs> I'll tell was, you that. It was murderous passion. It was, you have offended my child. Yes. It was like all of this, which is just catnip to me. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's just, I love it. And then, um, spoilers, he does go visit this man a little later. Okay. In disguise. So, whew, yes. Nicole. Nicole. That scene. Oh my god! I have. Re- I mean, after it ended and he kind of walks away, my hand shakily reached for a cigarette, and I just like inhaled shakily and exhaled just as shakily because I was done. <laughs> I was done. Listen, cooked. This is TMI. <laughs> but after that scene was over, and he walked away eating a hot dog, I just <laughs> like I held my breast. Because I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I do not condone violence in real life, you know. Absolutely not. It, it, I'm, I'm practically a pacifist. I, I, how the fuck ever. However, if you are going to protect your daughter, protect your cover, and also just protect yep. the other woman, the, the young lady that, you know, was with him... That's the catnip for me. Protect yep. the future people yes. that he may uh, target. Oh yep. my God. Just erect nipples all day. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my God. I'm sorry. It was so hot. And I was just like, who is this man playing this character? Because I, the way his face fell and just. Yes. I talk about eye acting a lot on the show because I really love that. But the way that his whole face could just fall and rise and change with his moods it's i have his acting is incredible and i am so upset that he did not get the professional accolades that he should have while the americans was on air because you know there are lots of shows that get a lot of shine and a lot of critical shine Mm -hmm. so it's a hit with the people it's a hit with the critics and off it goes and it almost like instantly earns a place in like box set glory Mm-hmm. Like it's a kind of show that will. And then there are some other shows where the equation is not quite as kind of laid out as smoothly. Mm-hmm. So I think for people who love the Americans, the love was instant and it was constant through all the seasons, which is rare because even in some of my favorite shows, I'm like, that season was a dud. Right. Right. Where you're just right. like, eh, it's OK. Like, I love you still. But it was it was a shout out to Parks and Rec season one. <laughs> Shout out to Frasier, the last season. Wow. <laughs> like, we all have, we have our faves and we've made peace. The Americans is a rare thing in that it was a critical success from the get-go. It maintained its steam and its speed all the way through. It landed emotional punches. And not, not, not always. It wasn't always perfect, I mm-hmm. have to stress. Mm-hmm. But it was, on average, one of those shows that you start watching, you don't get up till you're done, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And... The combination of Matthew Reese, who, like you said, has this incredible ability to do face acting in a role that is literally about a double agent, like a man who is so deeply embedded 
as a double agent, as you know, a sleeper cell in suburban. And uh, there are so many parts of it that require minute acting. Mm-hmm. And Matthew Reese understands that here's what a camera is here to do. Okay, let's talk about that minute acting in The Americans because, okay, Philip Jennings is married to Elizabeth Jennings, played by yes. Kay Russell. Philip is in love with Elizabeth, right? Oh. They're, they're married. He's in love with Elizabeth, but Elizabeth, her feelings for him are complicated because she is more um, loyal to the motherland, the mother country. Like, I, listen, I respect that because as a woman, she's like, I'm here to do a job, buddy. Yes. I'm not here to catch feelings. Yes. And Matthew is like, but I love you. And she's yes. like, please focus yes. on the job at hand. And I yes. have to stand there. I have to. <laughs> because they both had to, um, let's just say they both had to sacrifice their bodies in order to do their jobs for Ooh. Russia. But obviously yes. for Elizabeth as a woman, she had to make more sacrifices let's just say that i'm that's let's all i'm just, gonna say that that's all you need to say i feel like any women or women identify people understand this they just do yes and so she was uh trying to process all of that as well as her feelings for him and then philip was also trying to process what if we became americans for real like he <sighs> was falling in love with that american dream but he still right. had a mission Right. right. So the, right. the show is layered, it's complicated, but that minute acting that he would do to show how Philip was in love with Elizabeth. Oh my God. And he could not express it any more than what he'd already done. He was, he, that was him yelling it. Like he was trying to say, can't you see it on my face? And Elizabeth, I think, and this is the, again, when you get two actors at the height of their powers really coming together, every so often there'd be something that would cross Elizabeth's face as she realized yes. what a small gesture was meant to convey. And just yes. as quickly, she would tamp it down because she was here to do a job. Oh my God. Carrie Russell was so good in this show. I know this is an episode about Matthew Reese, but let's just give Carrie Russell her props right now because she was like right Felicity now. who? Felicity who? What? I've never heard of her. Don't know her. JJ Holmst. She came out and said, you are going to get these acting fucking trips. And she, every time the camera was on her again, and this is, this is, I know we're talking about Matthew and now we're talking about Kerry, but here's the thing. The interplay is so important. I think about how one actor causes another to up their game. Yes. And vice versa. Yes. And I think that when Matthew turned up on set, because they're partners now. Yes. Like, like, you know, they are domestic partners now. Mm -hmm. But when they started this job, they were not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that they were, you know, unfaithful or whatever, whatever. Now that they are together, a part of me is kind of like, that must have been part of the attraction. To look at someone and kind of be like, right, you are killing it. I couldn't not fancy you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm here to do a job and I'm doing it. But also, I am slowly falling in love with how good competency kink. It's right there. Listen, there is this one scene where Philip has to pull a broken tooth out of Elizabeth's mouth, okay? Yeah. Oh my God, the tension. Nicole, I'm already sweating. I have never seen such an erotic scene in my life. And it is, <laughs> they're, they're fully clothed. They have just been in a physical altercation. They've been in a fight, um, you know. Nicole, since- even if you didn't give all of this information, as you said at the beginning, he is pulling a tooth out of her mouth. There is nothing sexy about the act of removing like, a fucking tooth. <laughs> it's in, I 
I think it's in their home. I think they're in their home or there's some place. And so he like, there's no dental equipment. This is just a fucking wrench that, you know, he is. Stop, stop. I'm, I'm sweating now for a different reason. Oh my God. <laughs> but the look on her face is she's like, I don't know if I can do this, but I trust you. The look on his face that's like, I don't want to hurt you, but we need to take care of this. Yeah. And then when they go through the motions where he's trying to pull the tooth and she kind of flinches and he's like, oh, I don't want to do that. It's just, it is one of the most beautiful scenes I have ever seen. It's on YouTube someplace. We can't play it because there's no dialogue, so it wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But please go look for it. We'll put it on our Tumblr because it is... It's incredible, like the trust between them as actors, That's as their it. characters. Yes, it is so well done. I, it's just an, uh, it, give me the multiple levels, Nicole. Get, <laughs> like right now, listeners, you can't see Nicole and I are leaning extra hard into the mic and into our cameras <laughs> to show just how much emotion these two characters. And again, we can't talk about how good he is in the Americans without bringing up Kerry. Mm-hmm. But as a standalone, mm-hmm. Matthew Reese gives me the vibe of a man who knows so much and doesn't necessarily want to show you the breadth of all he knows because it might terrify you. And not in a condescending way, just kind of like, I'm giving you all that you need. Okay. But trust and believe that I've got a handle on every. He's the kind of guy who you look at and you go, he knows every exit in this place. And it's all in the way he carries himself. Like he is taught. Even when he's loose, even when this motherfucker is relaxed, you're just kind of like, that body knows things. Like he's so. It is such. I don't know how he does it, but I look at him and I just think, this man is aware with a capital A. Oh, Jesus. Yes. (laughs) Um. Okay, before we leave the Americans, I do want to play this clip because I think it does speak to that coiled passion that he has. Um, And this scene, Paige, their daughter, um, again, she's still a teenager at this point, still living at home. She has come under the influence of um, a religious practitioner, uh, a a pastor. She's trying to figure out her place uh, in Christianity all this kind of stuff. And she has given away $600 that she has saved um, with the help of her parents. And as you could probably imagine, $600 is still a lot of money right now for a teenager. I don't care who you are, but $600 (laughs) in the eighties was a lot of money. Okay. And so um, Elizabeth and Philip have found out that she has given away this money and Philip has a particularly strong reaction. $600. That was all you had. Who told you to do it? The pastor? His wife? No one. Stop protecting them. I'm not protecting anybody. Why do you think I can't make my own decisions? You know why? Because it's a stupid decision. And you're not stupid, Paige. You were saving that money to go to Europe. Well, it's going to better use What there. use? Do you know what they're using that money for? They're feeding refugees, building houses. You guys don't help anyone. We help you. We, we help you and we helped you save that money. Please, do not roll your eyes at me. You can show me some respect. Paige, you started lying to us? I didn't lie. Well, you certainly don't seem to know the difference. Do you? Tells you to do that! Philip. Does it! 
You respect Jesus, but not us! Whew. Feelings. Wow. Yeah, so he was very upset about yeah. that <laughs> to the point that even Elizabeth <laughs> had to be like, okay, Philip, calm down. <laughs> right. We're still, we're still suburban parents out here. Let's calm down. Right, right. <laughs> Let's not bring our assassin selves to this situation, bro. Yes. <laughs> there is. I would literally watch the Americans and my skin would prickle with just like, oh, just, I, I, I've never wanted to climb in the middle of two people so much watching Matthew Reese and Kerry Russell and the Americans. And of course, listen, I'm sad. I, I am straight as an arrow. So my interest doesn't really lie with Kerry, but I want so much <laughs> to just touch Matthew Reese when he's acting and he's being super fucking stoic and he's just delivering the goods. And for me, that was the first time I'd ever seen him in that kind of role mm -hmm. because my experience of him was this um, show on ABC, which ran for quite a few seasons over the course of many years. It was mm -hmm. called Brothers and Sisters. Mm -hmm. It's not a great TV show, Nicole. I can't stress that enough. Yeah, I did not watch it. <laughs> did I watch this show every Sunday, though? Yes, the fuck I did. Because between... And listen, it is full. I mean, full of all sorts of your favorite actors that you haven't even thought about in a while. Sally Field leads the... She leads the whole thing. Callista Flockhart, shout out to Ali McBeal, is in there. Rachel Griffiths, a.k.a. Muriel's Wedding, she's in there. Um, <laughs> Emily Van Camp, who went on to do Revenge, she's in it. Rob motherfucking Lowe is in this show. It is like a just a wall-to-wall, -wall, just like full of all sorts of your fave whites all acting and doing their thing in a cozy Sunday night show. I was like, fine, I'll watch it. And he plays this character, Kevin. And I, I, oh man, I, he, he on the show, Matthew Reese is playing this, this gay man called Kevin. He's married to his husband. And it's just this lovely, I mean, it's such a sweet storyline with a bit of strife thrown in every now and then, but you know, it gets resolved over the course of a season, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Again, Matthew Reese is able to, with his co-star, create a feeling where I'm kind of like, I want to live in their house. I want to be their third. <laughs> like, I could live a happy life with this couple. I think as long as they told me where to be and what to do, I'd be okay. Just, I, I am so enamored of him, whatever he's playing. But I watched the show every single week. Like, I watched it and I cried. I got emotional. And at the end of every episode, I'd be like, oh, this is not a good TV show. And then I would <laughs> tune in the next week. <laughs> And I would watch it again <laughs> because there were some surprisingly good performances in a surrounding uh, structure that wasn't quite as, you know, as amazing as the the talents therein. But that was for years. That was my exposure to Matthew Rees. And I was so in love with him. And, and what I also love is that he does in both the Americans and in Brothers and Sisters, he's playing an American. Mm -hmm. So he has an American accent. Mm -hmm. And the understanding I know for lots of people who don't understand that he is Welsh when he speaks every so often, like at an award show or he speaks some, some Welsh or he uses his original native accent. You can see people kind of go, wait, what? And I'm like, that's right. <laughs> Versatility, bitch. <laughs> he has so much of it. <laughs> So I, you know, I fell in love with Matthew Reese on The Americans, but not enough to go back to Brothers and Sisters. Um, fair, but, fair. <laughs> but I did 
end up watching Death Comes to Pemberley. Nicole, I'm going to sit on my hands so I don't yell. Yes. Carry on. Okay. I love this fucking... I love... Okay. <clears throat> Let me stop. Yeah, Carry okay. on. Okay. Because I don't fuck with any of the Pride and Prejudice... Pride or... What, I don't even know the title. Okay. I'm every just- day you mortally <laughs> offend me when you say this shit. Like, I read Austin every year. And every time you shit on me from a great height. And you say, that's cute or whatever. <laughs> And you just, you just don't fuck with the things I love, Nicole. I don't know how we're still friends. I, I'm sorry. That's just not, it's okay. that's not for that's me. That's fine. Fam, you, it's me and you and paranormal romance. I'm like, oh, that's cute for you, but it's not for me. <laughs> I hear you. Say no more. Yeah. Say no more. So I watched this shit. And again, I have no real frame of reference. I don't know what anybody was talking about. I don't know the <laughs> inside jokes and the... Easter eggs, the callbacks, none of that shit. I don't, I, and I still would not be able to tell you anything about this mini series except <laughs> for this one scene where his character, he's playing Darcy, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, he is. He is the Darcy, uh, which yes, I understand. He's, he's Fitzwilliam Darcy. Yes, yes. That a lot of people love Darcy. Um, <laughs> she said cuttingly. Wow. <laughs> Carry on, Nicole. Shit on my life, why don't you? Wow. But there is a scene. Mm. There's a love scene. And it, it's not ex- very explicit or anything like that. No, it it's, is, still, it's still a cozy BBC drama. Right, Let's calm down. Right. It is, but it is, a, you know, shot in that very gauzy manner, right? Where it's just yes. like, you're, ca- yes, you're caught up in the candlelight flame and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's the only way to do it, Nicole. Matthew Reese, number uh-huh. one, is an incredible kisser. I bitch. What the fuck? <laughs> like that's that was Carrie's problem from the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> he looks. He just looks so. You know the romance novels. They say he'll be yes. like, oh he, you know, oh he gobbled, he nibbled, he tasted. He kisses like he is trying to figure out all of your ingredients like he is a, a super taster you know that like was, he is that was like, poetry to my heart he's trying to figure out all your ingredients wow i am sweat my armpits are so spicy right now wow wow i mean like he is really just it's a slow savoring yes. kind yes of savor Nicole, I'm, I'm, I feel like, I feel like, I feel like fucking Flavor Flav. I'm out here just hyping you. Savor. <laughs> Ingredients. And I'm just in the back repeating your words with more emphasis. But that's how I feel. Your nail. Yes, carry on. He is just so <sighs> sensual on screen that there is mm-hmm. no way that he is not like that off screen. And that's all. Like, that's the only thing I can say to be as respectful as I could possibly be right now. Listen, there was that ep- there was that that moment when he's uh, t- I'm going to come back to this. I just wanted to mention one thing when you said about there's no way it doesn't reflect. There was a bit when he was receiving an award for his work and he gets up on stage. He's talking. He's doing his acceptance speech. And he looks and says something to and about Kerry Russell and the smile she gives him. She is satisfied. She said, I do not lack. I do not want for. All of my needs are met and exceeded. And that at that point, I kind of tweeted. I've since deleted the tweet because we're respectful out here. 
But I was like, Carrie Russell looks like she knows what is up. Girl. That's it. Like she's she she gives this look. She's she looks like the cat that got not only the cream, but all the treats, and just everything else. She looked like there's nothing. You know that thing where people kind of say, "Oh, you know, I I don't have any issues with blah 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 because I'm so confident." Kerry Russell looks at you and says, "Do you know that my partner is Matthew Reese, bitch? Like, what do you think you can say to me? What do you think?" And and you know the best part. Hmm. Matthew looks at Kerry the exact same way. The exact same way. And to go back to death comes to Pemberley. So as you know, I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, <laughs> and he is playing Fitzwilliam. <laughs> He's playing Fitzwilliam Darcy. Um, his partner, Elizabeth, his wife is now Elizabeth Darcy, no longer Bennett. And that's played by um, Anna Maxwell Martin, who has, again, a really soulful. I really love watching her work. She has this great face. That kind of again transmits telegraphs and again a wonderful match for next to Matthew Reese because they have this kind of quiet, hot, erotic energy, which is quite a feat because we're talking super, super period. Like the Americans is period, but this is super period, right? Mm-hmm. And there's something about them that just hums beneath the surface. So that love scene is perfectly in place with the ideas that you may have had about Darcy and Elizabeth, which is essentially these two get it in and a lot, right? <laughs> And then you have that scene that kind of says, you were right. They do. They do. It's a very happy marriage, right? And then, of course, there's a conflict that comes in and threatens to kind of, you know, it's from an outside source. But it's also kind of like if you if you've read the original book, you know that this is, again, a source of constant conflict is Elizabeth's terrible family uh, in the form of her sisters and her mother and even her dad, who is also a nightmare, which, again, another another episode for another day. But there is something about this idea of like he is presenting himself as kind of like, listen, I married you knowing that your family was ridiculous and knowing that I myself was prone to, you know, the pride and prejudice of the title, etc. But there's something again about just the bond that he forms with her. And in every scene in this particular show, which is based on a P.D. James um, novel, there is just this, again, locked down kind of emotionally which you know to expect from Darcy anyway but he brings something new and humming to it where you're kind of like here is a man who has come out despite himself and his own urges he's fallen in love he loves his wife so much but he also can't he can't unleash the way he wants to because he has all this pride and he has like a certain standing so again it's a different kind of tension but watching it play across his face it's just, I, I will never, ever, ever get enough of it. I just want to, he has, so, and, and the, the best part of all of this is the humor that dances in his eyes yes. when he's like, when he, when he calls it up, you're left in no doubt that when the mood requires it, he is just this fun, funny guy who clearly appreciates comedy, knows good comedy and would make you laugh. And bitch, I don't know what's hotter. I, I honestly don't know. Is it? Do I mean, listen, you know, I love a stern man. So I'm all the yes. way here for all of his stern yeah. roles. But when I see him chuckling or laughing or whatever, a part of me just kind of like inject, inject. Like I don't. I, mm, whoo, I'm hot. I'm again. Yes. My outfits I, have stayed spicy. <laughs> Ooh. So when it comes to Matthew, we have mostly been focusing on his 
kind of serious slash dramatic roles. Like he he's not necessarily a ha ha. You don't think of him and think, oh, Will Ferrell. Right. He's not <laughs> he's not <laughs> he's not a comedy guy in that way. However, like I said before, I think that there is a gleam of very good humor in his eyes in a way that makes me think he's in on several jokes. <laughs> yes. Um Thank you. Um, and one of my favorite uh, performances of his is far away from the role he's most known for as Philip Jennings on The Americans. It's actually a guest role on, of all things, Archer. Archer, the animated comedy about a group of spies. I love Archer so much. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't, but I love it, Nicole. <laughs> it is so ridiculous and raunchy. And yes. um, I love the parody of it uh the send-up of those old 60s spy shows and stuff right. like i just i love archer so fucking much <laughs> it's like i know i shouldn't like i know some of the jokes i'm kind of like oh that was off color man don't do that like some of them are just like jesus so it's <laughs> it's not it's not necessarily the fit the show that i bring forth like oh if you want to know me this is me but i bloody love archer it's very very funny very silly um, so on this particular episode, this is uh, back in the sixth season. Matthew plays uh, a, a Welsh freedom fighter, Lloyd, um, and he is hilarious. Like he comes on in and he is just so funny. He has obviously he says toast in the most amazing way I've ever heard a person say toast. It's great. Um, he has like these weird little quirks. Um, and I just really there's a particular moment where you know, bearing in mind his famous role at this point is that he is um, an, a, a, a Russian pretending to be an American, but is in fact a Welshman. And on this, he is a Welshman and he puts on an American accent and it's very meta and it's very ha-ha, but also it's actually just fucking funny. Uh, I think we have a little clip of that. We've reason to believe they're in the area and that one of them is wounded, so we're canvassing all the farms and when we saw the damaged vehicle... A bee flew in it and I crashed. A bee... Flew into a convertible? Look, our marriage is on the rocks, and also I have two Michelin tires, so... Right. May I just see your passport again, please? <clears throat> oh, good heavens. Wow. What the shit? <laughs> this is actually why we're here in Wales. To try and save our marriage. Oh, my God, baby. I, I think it's working. Yes, okay. <laughs> fantastic it's just the silliest fucking thing and i love it because again we never well we rarely get to see him using his natural accent mm -hmm. in jobs because you know he moved out of wales he's in hollywood now and i guess there aren't that many welsh roles <laughs> in hollywood these days except explicitly when you have to and i love the origin of this particular episode is that he was apparently in a room or in a car with like a bunch of archer writers and he began telling them the very serious story of the Free Welsh Army. And, you know, apparently he was very kind of reticent. He was like, no, this is a serious story about, you know, how the British, basically the English, really kind of fucked over the Welsh, this particular flooding incident. And so they apparently wrote that in and did it seriously and also irreverently because that's, that's Archer's thing. Mm -hmm. But I love that he also was kind of like, you don't get to mock 
like my my culture, my accent, my my language, my whatever, like the, the cause, because he's actually quite um politically involved. He's mm-hmm. like a proper Welsh, like he's proud of his roots and he stands up and does stuff and is super political. And again, I can't lie, the foof wants that shit. I'm like, yes, <laughs> care about your country. Yes. yes. Stand up against the oppressor. And so in playing Lloyd, he kind of leans into it a little bit, but it makes me laugh because um also weirdly enough, in playing this character, they basically gave him his own face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which never happens on Archer. It's always like a guest voice. But no, he, they were like, no, do you want your face? He's like, all right. So they made his face. I love that so much. I'm I like, oh, it. God. Yes, yes. I love it. I love um, this other show that he did with another Matthew um mm. matthew good and it's called the wine show i think he only did maybe like two seasons of it before he had to move on to other stuff but yeah. i love it because we do get to see more of that humorous side of of him more of that yes. um it's not just dry wit but it's just this really good-natured ribbing that he does yes. uh with his friends and you can also see the, the language that he and Matthew Good have together as friends that they are, yes. you know, they're able to like look at each other, arch an eyebrow and then fall out giggling over stuff. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. And I just I also think that just shows kind of, uh, you know, what kind of a friend that he is, that, that mm. he is this uh, good natured jolly old good time kind of guy. Um, but it's wine, you know, you would think yeah. that he would be doing this over beer or yes. something like that, but it's wine, and they're just so silly together. And I like, I used to watch the bloopers of the show because they would get uh-huh. really, um, they would kind of frustrate the sommelier that they would have, uh, sometimes yeah. guesting with them or whatever, and teaching yeah. them stuff. Um, and he would get so annoyed at their little, <laughs> at their jokes <laughs> and the way that they would um, go off script or whatever. But you yeah. know, I also love the show because he was wearing a beard. He was wearing his hiatus beard. Yes. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love a hiatus beard. Yes. And those little Welsh curls were all over the place. So and- listen, now people don't realize some of your favorite British actors over the years. Guess what? Welsh, like mm. fresh out of Wales. Anthony Hopkins. I believe he's Welsh. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Welsh. Mm-hmm. Richard Burton, Welsh. Michael Sheen. Welsh. So when you think about your faves, it's not just all, you know, posh English guys, you know, being all flustered. (laughs) Chances are it'll be somebody fresh out of Wales delivering you some of that high quality training and coming to America and killing it at at their gig. So shout out to to Wales in general for providing us with a very specific brand of kind of dark eyed, dark haired, soulful kind of performer, (laughs) which I'm really into. But yes, Matthew Reese, um, I would love to watch him watching a uh, soccer slash football game. Thank you. Um, Football is the correct word. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. uh, Because I feel like he is the type of of fan a little hooligan that i would enjoy <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you I don't know how them. weighted that word is for me as a british person when you I say know. hooligan it's not I, cute i'm yeah. just i got instant hives stress <laughs> hives immediately that's why i'm like he would be the only person that i think that i would want to be yeah. around because i've seen some stuff and yeah yeah 
Yeah. It's uh, it's it's triggering <laughs> for me <laughs> as a West Ham fan. I don't ever want to encounter any kind of hooliganism, but I know exactly what you mean. He, he it's that passion we were saying. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. That's the overwhelming feeling f- from him that I get is that he is somebody who feels and feels very deeply. And it comes out in the way he performs. It's always like an element of incredibly tight, controlled um, power to his performances. And he does have this really wonderful, deep voice. And he's commanding. And he is also arresting in a way that, you know, I don't think a lot of actors have that specific quality. And it's a shame because I think to myself, he has this thing that not many actors have, which is a sort of presence, a very old-fashioned kind of presence where he is i mean and we say this all the time i don't want to kind of lean into hard into a man or whatever mm-hmm. but there are times when he would in any performance of his where he would stand up straight and deliver something quite like straight down the middle mm-hmm. and without meaning to at home watching my own back would straighten up too and kind of be like oh what's being said here like somebody is talking yes there is a scene where philip is in a parking garage with another character and we don't know if Philip is going to kill this person. Right. There is nothing on his face to let you know which way this scene is going to go. Right. Fantastic. Because it's so, so often you already know, okay, he's going to let this person go or he's going to kill this person. You had, you had no idea. Yep. He yep. was so good. So good. And I think, that's why, you know, he has his new show, Perry Mason, where he is playing the titular character. Um, and there was this really funny scene that I sent you where he, <laughs> uh, Perry Mason is um, with this woman, Lupe, and they're having sex. And it's funny. It's refreshing because he just looks so... Um, done but in a good way like i anyway um, he looks so dead-eyed by the end of it like it, I, I love that so you send it to me and i could see like the camera was shaking because you were laughing <laughs> as you were recording it and i was like yeah same it's just really it's just it's a, it's a great scene we're not going to yeah, spoil it no. but you should go watch yeah, it it's on I, hbo i bring that up because of you talking about that old hollywood charm and that's mm. how he he breathes life into this character, um, Perry yes. Mason, um, in the way that they have uh, done this, done the episode, done the show. Mm. I can just see him, like he would be so good in an actual film noir if we could like get yes. him in a film noir movie and have his little film fatale with him and like yep. because he yep. does seem to command uh, attention when he enters a room and yes. I don't think that he's very tall like he might be 5'10 or something yeah. like that again just you know Hollywood average guy um, his body he is not super cut you know he is nope. not somebody that you would think of for a superhero role off the top of nope. your head um, or at least not the physique that we've become used to now right. but he is such a powerhouse and yes it's the command it's yes that, and he has like a really great as you said he has such a great period face mm-hmm. like he convinced as darcy no question he convinced as 80s philip 
mm-hmm. does contemporary shit, right? Mm-hmm. He has a face that is very malleable and good for period, whatever the period is. So now in Perry Mason, where he's playing kind of like hard boiled and, you know, in his little jacket and his little hat and kind of like done with the world. He's seen some shit, you know, yeah, and you're just yeah. kind of like, I believe you. I believe you. That's his greatest quality. Whatever he is doing, even in the most outlandish wig and like face furniture they could put on him in the Americans. I was like, I believe you. And that is a rare skill where you're not kind of watching an actor star in, but you're watching the performer just perform the thing and you get completely sucked in. And that to me, I mean, there's a number of things as we've established that, you know, press people's buttons. (laughs) But there is something about watching Matthew Reese like enter the frame and then effortlessly pull your gaze. He doesn't even have to do much. Right. Right. It's black magic, man. It is. I don't know how he does it, but I just want to commend him. And I hope that we get to watch him for many years to come because I don't think it's physically possible for me to be tired of watching him do what he does because he does it so fucking well. Same. I would really be interested in watching something that he has written because I, I feel like he, when he comes into the room, that he takes account of everything in the room in order to be able to react to it, in order to be able to use it. So I feel like his writing uh, would be really good and thoughtful and also um, kind of deep and dark, you know? All like right, you know bit. what? I love this vision you have of him and I want it to be true. Come on, Matthew, write something. Nicole is waiting. Whew, I'm ready for it. Also, just... <laughs> You know, that's what she said. You're you're in New York somewhere. Come through to Brooklyn. Let's have a drink. I mean, you know, just bring Carrie, of course. Bring yes, Carrie, yes, even Carrie. Let's have a little chat. Like I, I, I am genuinely fascinated by him. His choices. He has made stunning choices. Knows how to act his way out of any fucking corner you could put him in. Mm-hmm. And my dream for him, I suppose, is in addition to all the writing that he will maybe one day do. I would love to see him in a loose physical comedy somewhere where you could utilize some of the warmth and charm that is so apparent in the wine show for example or what he did in archer where he's someone who's not afraid to laugh at himself and again it comes down to comfort and ease when you're confident in your body and in yourself a joke is a joke in it and i feel that matthew gets that he gives me he gives me Colin Farrell comedy vibe. Yeah. You know, because Colin Farrell oh. is so good at comedy and you would not think he would be, but right. he's got it. Oh. And so I see that from Matthew Reese as that well. That was a perfect parallel, Nicole. Oh, it's almost as if you're true to this and not new to this. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Okay, Nicole, so I feel like we uh, introduced several facets to the Matthew Reese uh, diamond, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> I like that. The uh, diamond, the Matthew Reese diamond. Okay. The Matthew Reese. I listen, in my spare time, I make up uh, game show segments. So the Matthew Reese diamond it is. Um, and I feel like we brought like fourth elements of comedy and like pathos. And he, we spoke a lot as you, one of your favorite things, his eye acting, his face acting. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that gave us a really big well to draw from when it came to our travels. Indeed, indeed. Um, I'm excited to hear what <laughs> what you have drawn from this well. 
Oof. <laughs> I mean, I kind of danced around a lot because I was like, do I want to lean into him as like a twinkly eyed funny guy? Shout out to Archer. Or do I want to lean into like intense kind of like desperately in love with his wife but can't say shit? Is that the thing I want to kind of pull out? And I couldn't find a happy medium. Mm. Uh, I couldn't I couldn't land on either of those things and I couldn't find a happy medium. So I just went to the bit that I love about him the best, which I suppose is a sort of distant figure to be yearned after. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I'm with you. <laughs> okay. Your eyes are closed. I can tell you really are with me. <laughs> You're like, mm, yes, I'm eating it. Yes, 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 this is delicious. Okay, good. I hope you like the Strabble then because I went somewhere that I don't normally go. Um... And I know it's a trope that I know you're not keen on. So I hope you enjoy the way I resolved it, maybe. Oh, I'm so intrigued. Okay, hold your intrigue, babes. Okay. <laughs> I gave the line ahead of me a surreptitious glance. There were maybe 15 more people in front of me and did some educated mathematics. This was the last night of this book tour. And I had come to understand that most people aren't actually big talkers while they're getting their book signed. I estimated another 15 to 20 minutes and continued signing, despite the cramp in my hand and the crick in my neck, smiling. I estimated another 15 to 20 minutes and continued signing, despite the cramp in my hand and the crick in my neck, smiling and getting into position for awkward, one-armed phone photographers. My gratitude was mixed up in a ball of fatigue and homesickness. I was ready to be home again, working on the next thing, sleeping late. The bookseller assigned to my event made eye contact in the quick pause between readers, flashing her palm in our prearranged signal. Five more, and then we were done. I smiled at her quickly, looked up to see my next reader. The breath stuttered out of me. I sat there, mouth agape, taking in the man in front of me. His waves more closely cut than usual, his eyes standing out a little more because of his beard, his lips curved in a tentative smile. Matthew. I said, finally. His gaze raked over my face quickly but intently. Bim, he replied, his voice as soft and as warm as I remembered. And then we just looked at one another, years of history on fast forward in the way we smiled, slow and nostalgic, remembering a time long before the lives we were living now. Shall I sign your book? I asked, stabbing the air with my pen as I gestured towards his bag. He snapped out of the haze of memory and nodded. Yeah, I'd like that. The Welsh inflection was fainter than when I'd first known him, two foreigners in America, trying life out, but it was still there. I opened the book to the title page, raised my pen, and paused. I don't know what to write, I confessed quietly. What do you want me to write? He took a half step closer, the bulk of him suddenly looming, and a memory surged ahead of the others. You could write to my one-time muse, Matthew, whom I still think about fondly from time to time. I looked up at him then, and for a moment, I saw who he had once been, and in his eyes, I saw who I had once been too. Muse is a bit strong, I said, my head tilted cheekily, and he laughed his glorious musical laugh, teeth gleaming, head thrown back, awkwardness briefly forgotten. Sure, he replied eventually. We shared another look, and a decision was made in the silence. I looked down to scroll something on the page, and I felt his unwavering gaze the whole time. When I was done, I handed the book over. Read it later, I instructed softly, and he nodded. I stood up to hand the book over, and he came round the table. We hugged, 
and the contact squeezed out the remaining history between our bodies, arms and torso recognising this familiar territory after a long hiatus. We finally separated and shared another self-conscious laugh. Call me next time you're in New York, he said. We'll have dinner. I nodded, but I knew I wouldn't. Not now. He leaned in again to kiss my cheek, and his beard grazed my face. He held up his book. It was good to see you, Bim, he said with a final nod. And then he was gone again. I already knew. Tomorrow I would wake up and think I had dreamed it. (laughs) I love this so much. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. I know you hate Rekindled and like lovers returning. I know you hate that. So I was like, how do I make it so it's Nicole friendly? There will be no happy ending, obviously. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I don't like it in real life, but I love it in fiction. So yes, I I love it. Yes. Okay, great. Okay, that's good. I'm glad. I also just love love, um, what could have been moment. I do love that. I love that. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad. Nicole, this is, oh man, I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. No, thank you. I love it. Okay, I'm excited now because I want to hear what you've cooked up. Like, you know, which facet of the Matthew Reese Diamond are you reaching for for this Drabble? Okay, I am going to give you Intense Matthew. Um, Yes! I started rewatching The Americans and... Of course you did. (laughs) And uh, so there's... Okay, so you know how in The Good Wife, right? Mm-hmm. Most of the action happened in the elevator. Or, yes. Yes. Okay. So the Americans also had kind of the central place in yeah. the home of the Jennings. Um, and so I'm kind of using that as my catalyst, as my starting point, I guess. Oh, my God. I think I know. I think I know the room of the house you're going to be doing this in. And I am primed and at the edge <laughs> of my seat. <laughs> Go forth, Nicole. I am ready. <clears throat> okay. I just needed a little more help this time, I said, fighting the rise of my temper. I pushed my plate away, appetite gone. Next to me, Matthew drank calmly from his wine glass, which annoyed me even more. I'm sorry, he said. I'll take care of everything tonight. Don't worry about it. I got it. I rose from the kitchen table and started scraping my plate. I moved around the kitchen, putting food away, cleaning the stove and counters. When Matthew came into the kitchen to deal with his own barely touched plate, I told him to leave it and I'd deal with it. I wanted him out of my sight while I calmed down. I stared out of the window above the kitchen sink, then started to fill it with water to wash the dishes. A sure sign I was upset. I hated washing dishes, but I needed something mechanical to do to give myself a time out. He walked up behind me, but didn't touch me. I felt his heat all the same, so I turned off the water and waited. Yes. I'm sorry, he said again, and pressed his forehead against the back of my neck. I dropped my head and shoulders and closed my eyes with a heavy sigh. I know. He moved his left hand to my waist and held it there, waiting for my response. I tilted my neck to give his lips room to play, and he began bunching up the skirt of my loose summer dress. My annoyance shrank as his fingers walked apologies along the back of my thighs. I arched into him and he curved his mouth against my ear. Do you think the neighbors can see us? He whispered. Get the fuck out. I gripped the counter and inched my feet apart. He smiled into my neck before he bit it. Face me, he said. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to sue you for emotional distress. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because there is a lot of energy in that drabble. West the fuck shall a person put it? <laughs> Riddle me that, Nicole Perkins. Riddle me that. Because... Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> In the words of Beyonce, what are you going to say at my funeral now that you've killed me? Wow. Uh, yeah, oh. but the Americans, they did a lot at that kitchen sink, boy. They I really did. I tell you what. <laughs> I don't think there was another room in the house besides the garage. It was all the kitchen. Yes. It was all in the sink. Yes. Listen. Wow. Well, what a vivid picture you have painted for us tonight, Nicole. Will I be able to wash the dishes after my own dinner tonight? Probably not. Probably not. Because anybody touching my neck, just the occasional sud from the sink landing on my face mimicking a tear as i as i weep one single tear as i wash the dishes sure my plates are clean but everything else is dirty nicole right and you know i'm scratching my neck from the sweat because it's so hot but that's about it there's no nobody else wow. touching my neck what i love is how you both depressed me but also yourself so good job well Listen. done <laughs> this is a mutual depression society how about that <laughs> wow that's you know what <laughs> I, on that note we turn it to the listener first buckets you already know what to do uh we will give you a day to let these travels ruminate in your soul you get to decide maybe you prefer doing the dishes <laughs> with matthew <laughs> or maybe you want like a wistful goodbye in a crowded bookstore in new york it's up to you um pop onto our twitter take your time think about it but as we love to say whoever you vote for there are no losers here and ultimately what we're doing is enjoying some gentle fiction or maybe not so gentle bearing in mind what nicole just fucking read <laughs> jesus First Aid Kit is a Slate production produced by Sher Vincent and us, Bim Adewami and Nicole Perkins. Our music is by Tanya Morgan. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thirst Aid Kit and we're on Tumblr at thirstaidkitpodcast.tumblr.com. If you like to listen and live tweet, there is a hashtag. It's TACPOD. That's T-A-K-P-O-D. And you can join other Thirst Buckets every Thursday or any other time. If you prefer, you can write us an email and send it to thirstaidkit at slate.com. If you find yourself wishing you could get even more Thursday Kit content every week, well, you're in luck because you can. All you have to do is become a Slate Plus member. Slate Plus is Slate's membership program. For just $35 for the first year, you'll get a little extra from this show and all other Slate shows. Plus, absolutely no ads. Visit slate.com slash plus to sign up. All right, people, stay thirsty, but stay safe. Masks on. Bye. Bye. A little cutie patootie. He's funny. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, great acting chops, obviously. Yes. Um, I just think that he would be a really good... <laughs> Finish that sentence. <laughs> he was... <laughs>
madam don't leave me hanging <laughs> no it would be a really good time just to hang out at a bar oh okay okay you know? thank you i wasn't um, sure where you were going but that pause made me pause 